This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, we're back together, and it seems like it's been forever. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network. It's January 26th, episode 2859. Good morning, horse people. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. You know, I got to say, I'm glad that your thing says it's Wednesday, 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 because I woke up yesterday and I was like getting all my weird news together and I was like doing all this work and, and I was like, okay, I got to get the kids to school because I got to get back. And the chapter's like, it's Tuesday. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I, I can't grasp when you go on vacation, it's like days of the week become non-existent. Like you've no idea what day it is. Nothing. I seriously was ready to do a show yesterday. So I'm glad to be doing it today. That's <laughs> why it I seems always, weird. A little <laughs> known like secret. Thursday. If we haven't done a show together in a while, I always text Jamie ahead of time to remind her. Cause yes. <laughs> thank you for that. You're this welcome. And it's been a while since you and I have done a show together. Uh, and and I, basically the text goes something like this. Actually, I should probably just read it verbatim, but I don't have my phone. It basically is like, we have a show today and we have a guest 15 minutes. Basically, don't be late, <laughs> you jackass. <laughs> I do it in a polite way, though. You're very polite, but I read between the lines. I've known you long enough. Yeah, we've done this long enough. Hey, I want to apologize for being dark on Monday. We didn't have a show. I will explain why and catch you all up on uh, all my health woes and uh, all Jamie's uh, skiing adventures and all that stuff. We'll do that at the end of the show today because we do have some fun guests and some things lined up for the show. And I don't want to bore you. I, I know the diehards stay till the end, so we won't bore everybody else. But we were off on Monday. You, if you were looking for a show and it wasn't there, that is correct. It wasn't there. And we'll explain later. But let's start with some good news back for our first show back together in a while. And that is Valerie found Jack and Jill. If you all remember, we had Valerie on. She's from Canada. And Valerie, she, but yes, is it Valerie? She she's Swedish. It's oh, so Valerie, interest, yeah. Okay, she's from Canada, and she lost Jack and Jill. Her horses went missing, and we had her on the show, and she told us all about it. It's very heartbreaking. And they found Jack and Jill, and oh she's going to come on the show Friday to tell us all about it and give us all the details. Uh, when I wrote to her, I said, "If you're feeling up to it, because I really didn't know." what shape they were in or anything. And I said, if you're feeling up to it, will you come on and talk about it? She wrote back and said, I would love to talk about finding my ponies. So apparently yeah. all, all's good. So <laughs> so, I can't wait to hear the whole story and I can't wait to hear her tell it. So we're not going to tell. Just, just I, as she sounds, by the way, because I've spent a lot of time with her at Monty's because we did one of our courses together. She is that way in real life. She is bubbly and warm and loving. She's like, a, she's like Templeton Thompson light. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> without all the cowboys and yeehaws and cowgirls. Yeah, without yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. But basically, she's she's temp, tempy light. <laughs> well, she's very excited to come tell her story. And I, I we know a little of the story, but we're not going to give it here because we want her to tell it. She, uh, I got to hear it from her. We do have a show planned for you today, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, we are going to meet our final spotlight rider in the Beyond I'm the so happy. In the Beyond the Ribbons. I have the Beyond the Rider series. It's actually the Beyond the Ribbons series. Excuse me, I'm on drugs. Uh, it's it's uh, the Beyond the Ribbon series, and we have somebody very special for you. It's going to be our third and final one we're going to follow this year, and that's 11-year-old eventer Kira, Kira O'Connor Reichert. She's coming on today to tell us all about what her season's going to be like and her competition's going to be. And if you don't remember who she is, you're going to in a minute because I will play you a little reminder. 
Plus, we have Dr. Siemens stopping by to talk about a few things in the health department brought to you by Daily Dose Equine. And I have a study show, and I need an award and a reward for doing study show today because finding studies that didn't have anything to do with COVID right now was nearly impossible. I dug pretty deep. So You had to go to the ninth page of Google. I did. I don't think I've ever been that far back in Google to find anything. It's a frightening place. It's a frightening place. I'm glad you're back. And we will have a post-show. We have no idea what we're going to talk about. Maybe TV, maybe something else. I don't know. We'll, we'll do a post-show for you today uh, for the auditors because it's been a while since you've had a post-show. But first, we have some Daily Winnies. The first birthday I have for you is one of our hosts. She hosted the show yesterday. We did the Horse Illustrated edition of uh, Horses in the Morning, so you heard her yesterday. Sarah Conrad, it's her birthday, and she wrote me something funny this morning. She sent me a text and said, she has a son that's six or seven, and he doesn't sing the regular happy birthday song because he listens to this show so often. He sings our version. So, I love it. <laughs> so she said, in their house, there's no regular happy birthday anymore. It's our version. Also, auditors Carrie Joe, Rita Hansen, Pat Noon, Amy McEldry, Aaron Anderson, and Helena's daughter Grace, who is a working student down by us now here in Ocala. And apparently your vet, Julie White. So, <laughs> so yeah, you've got to give a, a shout out for a happy birthday to the woman who puts up with me yes. on a very regular yes. basis, Dr. White. Thank you very much. Love you, mean it. <laughs> yeah, I know you pay your bill, which is probably the only reason she comes back. So uh, I, th- I think I, I told you that they would send me the bills and you would have to have a credit card to put into it. And I was like, listen. If you would put a button for PayPal or Venmo, I would pay this thing immediately. But I was like, I never have my credit card when I'm checking my email. So I was like, if you guys can change that, they were like, no, we can't change that. But what we can do is just keep your credit card on file. And I was like, do that and don't send me Chad's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> just take my credit card and let's keep it between us, okay? <laughs> Also, uh, we had a new auditor last week, so our streak is not broken. We've had a new auditor every week so far this year. Denise Higgins was the one responsible for that. So thank you to Denise for stepping up. And also, I wanted to uh, say a thank you to my friend, your friend, everybody's friend here at the Horse Radio Network, Helena. Helena B., of course, of the Stall and Stable program. She came down and spent a week with us, so she was hanging out. Uh, keeping us company like and this past week. Yeah, she was there uh, actually while I was the sickest. So yeah, God bless her. Say, that's a really terrible time to come visit you. <laughs> well, it wasn't because she got to give Jennifer a break. So uh, <laughs> and then she helped Jennifer with the horses and cleaning paddocks. She was great. She Does she, she helped love her new pony that she got from. Yes. She, oh, uh, she could never say enough good things about that pony. I, you must have sent her the saint of the year because I sent her probably one of the she she got I got probably had like five or six horses come through here that are stunners like like mind body all the things and those are this is the one that i was like it's a mare and if helena changes her mind it will be okay because i will keep her (laughs) (laughs) and darn it she shipped her up to (laughs) north dakota wherever she lives (laughs) she lives in rhode island and she yeah yeah. and apparently she loves loves that loves 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 that even in my drug-induced state that's all her and jennifer talked about was her new horse so there you go so so yeah so thank you to helena for coming down and helping out we really appreciate it. it was fun to have her here for a week and now it's your turn I did a thing. Oh, no. <laughs> <What> you do. <laughs> I did a thing. Remember, like, probably five weeks ago, I told you I bid on a thoroughbred at those darn internet horse auctions. Oh, I remember, and I was, I, I said, uh, and I was, I was upset for Chad. Okay. Yes. Well, keep in mind, uh, he doesn't run my business. I do. So he doesn't get to have. But it's my job to be upset for the horse husbands. <laughs> it's my job. It's what I do. So I bid on that mare, and they they wanted five thousand dollars, and I only bid I think three. And so the the auction ended, and somebody else had outbid me anyway. But I wasn't going to go any higher. I think thirty one. I did thirty one hundred, um, and and I didn't bid any higher than that. 
And they called me after the auction. They were like, hey, so she's still available because she didn't meet her reserve. Would you like to pay $5,000 and she'll be yours? And I was like, no, I will pay $3,100. But I also requested videos of her trotting, trotting. And there's no videos of her trotting. So I will pay $3,100 if you get me the trotting videos. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, that's like never going to happen. But it's cool. I'll go back to it. She was like, I'll call you tomorrow if this goes through. Well, a month goes by. No phone call. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was just never going to happen. While I was on vacation, I get a message. Like, I'm on the ski lift, okay? <laughs> I'm going up a mountain. And I'm, I get a, bloop, 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 like any, a message from her. And it's like, okay, well, here's your trotting videos. And it'll take 3100 <laughs> What? That was like a month ago. I guess he's been sitting and st and everybody's I posted in the auditor room that I bought a horse and everybody was like, did you cave? No, I did not cave. And I got the trotting videos, which were not proper trotting videos. Let like, me guess like across the field about two miles away. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and she even goes behind a shed at one point and like disappears. <laughs> But then turns around and trots the other way. And I was like, good enough. I can see that she can trot and she's not three-legged, you know, whatever. So they send me the trotting videos and they accept the offer. So on Friday, my friend Larissa, who is always a glutton for punishment, is going to take a road trip with me. And we're going to go pick her up in Hot Springs, Arkansas. I have to call Larissa sometime on the show when you're not on. <laughs> and we need to talk about whether she regrets ever meeting you when you moved there. We need to discuss that. <laughs> She is, she, she's the one who went to the makeover she's with me when I go in the car for like, I don't know, seven days and go, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Whatever. Like, it's fine. And really her husband is a saint because she has twin boys that are seven and, and they're a lot of twin boys. Like Lucas gets around him and he's like, okay, that's good. Can we go home now? Like, is there just so much? And like her husband is like, just go. Oh, so you're just a break go. from the boys. Oh, yeah. That's no, pretty I'm bad. That tells you how bad the boys are if you're the break. <laughs> that is rude. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, Roulette Juliet will be arriving. Roulette Juliet? Roulette Juliet. I, oh my God. I, and, and, and this is so, so she's owned by a racehorse guy because this was in a thoroughbred racehorse auction. Okay. So I'm like, how much is she stark is in the ad. It was just a picture of her like standing in the grass. And like, I was like, is she started? Has she been ridden? Oh yeah. She's been in training for 250 days. Now, mind you, she is just three, probably <laughs> next training. Month. We've been walking around on a lead rope. Well, no. Yeah. And then I was like 250 days. Okay. And they were like, she's ready to break out of a gate, but she's not gate. Okayed. So that's like a thing with horses. And I was like, do you have any riding videos? And he sends me a video of her galloping around the track, like from a hundred miles away. Okay, great. And then he sends me a message that she's had 120 days of training. Okay. Oh, uh, well, you said, you said 250. Okay. Let's, let's just move past that. Then I'm like, how tall is she? I, because to racehorse people, it doesn't matter. Right. To me, I care. I don't want a 17 two-hand ginormous monster. Uh, so I, how tall is she? And he writes back, 15'4". <laughs> okay. okay. This um, is becoming a bad ad really quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. It gets better. So I wrote, so she's 16 hands? Question mark. 15'2". Or 16. <laughs> the next time. Like, that's not at all. You better make sure you get the same horse that you see in the picture. I do not know what's going to happen. It's, it's, it, uh, this you is. You haven't paid for her yet, you're right. I did. Oh, <laughs> I what are, you haven't already. learned for anything in this show. I, you know, I did buy the one horse at the auction, Miles, and he has been just yeah, as awesome as I it know. comes. So I was like, I've had a good experience. I can just, <laughs> but uh, this is more than I would, I would pay. I, this is more than I pay for horses. And this is like a race horse price, like to me, but I think it's a, a very fair price. Wait a minute. I went to Catholic school. Let me go get my ruler and you put out your hand. <laughs> Oh, this could be so awesome. Oh, this is going to be great for the show. Right, I love this whole thing so already. <laughs> I, I like that you spent $3,100 to make the show good. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm expensing it on your account. <laughs> I'll look for that bill. <laughs> 
So yeah, it could be. It could be What's the horse's name again? So her name is Roulette Juliet. And when do you pick her up? I pick her up on, well, I drive to Hot Springs on Friday and I will go get her on Saturday morning. All right. So Monday we'll have a report. You Monday you will have a report okay, on what, what <laughs> whatever happens on which horse the, he decides is that horse that day. All the photos and videos are from so It'll far be away. Seventeen this two hands can't <laughs> go well. Like this cannot go well. This is or be... or the other thing. Roulette Juliet's going to be like fourteen one. It's going to be the other. The other <laughs> she one. very well could be. I have no idea, but that would be okay. Like I yeah, ponies are easy to sell. <laughs> she she she'd be a great polo pony. You know, like if she was small like that, then I could I could. But the point is, that I don't have a horse in training that I have for sale and i usually have a horse that's part of the business that's your own yeah that you own. that's my yeah. own that i train and i sell uh that's not just an adoptable horse and so i and i just don't feel right about getting horses from horse and hound and selling them later it just yeah. doesn't seem fair uh so i've been i try to have the integrity that is needed well, we're that. looking forward to hearing all about this one <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> this this could be the greatest love affair of all time, or it, it could. could be the worst disaster of all time. I have no idea. <laughs> Stick around, tune in Monday. Hey, we meet our final spotlight rider in our Beyond the Ribbon series this year. We're going to be following them every month. You've already met two of them: Charlotte Merrill Smith, our good friend, and a top level para dressage rider. We had her on earlier in the month with her horse Gigi, and then I wasn't here. I was out for surgery, but uh, you talked to Rachel Rosenthal. And uh, you're, we're following her journey with her horse, Poppy. And that's kind of the other end, right? It's a yearling paint filly. So she's kind of doing the enhanced stuff. And, All and, the enhanced stuff, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of cool because we, we don't talk about that much. Uh, and finally today, you meet our third rider. And you've met her before on the show last year when she became a sensation from her video talking to her pony on cross country. Just like pop over it. One, I know it's a pheasant feeder, so it looks a bit weird, but it's actually really, really easy. Just like pop over it. It's no props. Oh, what a good pony! Yes, very nice. <laughs> I everybody that listens to this show. I've played those clips a hundred times because it just makes us happy. Uh, Kira, uh, Kira O'Connor Reichert is coming on now. I think she's still 11 years old, and she rides her pony, Flower, and she's competing this year, but she's adding a pony to the mix. So we're going to be following her all through her season. Let's get her on. Hi, Kira. Thank you for coming back on the show again. Thanks for having me. We are so excited to follow you this year. I know you're going to be competing and doing all kinds of fun stuff. Now, when we talked to you last, it was because you had that... That video that went viral of you, uh, you chattering away at your pony flower as you were going across cross country course. Do you still have flower and will flower be competing this year? Yes, we still have flower. We could never give up that cute little thing. <laughs> um, and we will be competing this year. I'm going to be going at beginner novice because it was definitely a lot for flower. So we're going to take her back down to intro, and I'm sure she'll love it because she'll get to bomb around the course as fast as she wants to. So, <laughs> And I'm going to put a link to your last interview. For I don't want to go through the whole story again, but I'll put a link to your last interview. If anybody missed that, go back and take a listen because – Let's just say Kira was the one that uh, got Flower to do anything. Flower was not easy, and it was it was Kira and that relationship that got that cross country ride that became you know millions of views last year. So uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes so you can go back and find that. So when will you start competing, Flower? When does kind of your season start? Because you're what in Pennsylvania, I think. Yes. Um. Usually the first event of the season is in March, but this year we're going down to South Carolina in February. So we're going to be taking Flower to an event at the end of the week. It's called Jumping Branch. Never been there before, but I have been to South Carolina. I think this is so exciting. You get to go south with Flower to go to a show so early in the season. That's perfect. Yeah. We're going to a farm called Southern Eights. It's so beautiful there. We went last year. Well, I know it's been a little bad weather up there in Pennsylvania. How have you been able to keep flower in shape? 
Luckily, we have quite a few barns around here with indoors. Um, Firefly Farm, which is where I ride and train. My trainer has an indoor there. Also, at a nearby dressage barn, there's an indoor there. And there's also Windsor, which is a hunter-jumper showground. That's terrific. Now, I think if I know you pretty well, and I've seen a lot of kids come up in horses, that you're one of those that has to go out or wants to go out every day, whether mom likes it or not, right? <laughs> well, as long as it isn't so cold that my toes are freezing, because I really hate the cold. <laughs> you live in a bad place to hate the cold there, girl. Pennsylvania, I live there. It's pretty chilly. I know. <laughs> I've told my parents it's never too late to move but we still haven't left for Florida. (laughs) (laughs) She listens to our show. (laughs) We tell everybody to move, too. So so now you're going to be doing this with with Flower. Tell us, though, uh, I heard something about another pony. Oh, yes. We have lots of other ponies at our farm. (laughs) But is it Micah, Uh, the one she was talking about? Yes. Micah is one of our newer horses. Um, he's he's a pretty special dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's my new pony, and how old he just is he? Went to a, he's about eleven or twelve. Okay, and how tall is he? He's fourteen two, I believe. Oh, so he's bigger than Flower. Oh, yeah, definitely. Gotcha. <laughs> He's supposed to be my upper-level event pony. Nice. That's so awesome. You're so lucky. That's so cool. All right, so you've got Micah. What has Micah done before? What does Micah know? Well, he's a really good jumper, and we really clicked the first time I rode him. But he's really green on the flat, which is why right now he's at a dressage barn for the winter so that he can learn to get on the bit and be all fancy without fussing. Sometimes gotcha. I think he's part mare. <laughs> Those women, I tell you. <laughs> That's funny. What and to, is what kind does what breed is Micah? We believe that he's a Connemara thoroughbred. Oh wow. He definitely acts a bit thoroughbredy. That's cool. That's a cool combination, actually. That is really neat. Now, will yeah. you, but you're going to be showing him at a higher level than Flower, then? Well, we're going to start out with intro at the Lockmoy starter, but I'm hoping to get him to a higher level than Flower, yes. Got it. So you're going to actively then show both ponies for this year, is that correct? Yes, that's what I'm planning on doing. <laughs> oh, you're going to be a busy girl. I usually am, so. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a question. When you go to a horse trial, Kira, are you the one who mucks out your horse's stall and does all the stuff, or do you have somebody to help you? Well, my mom helps me with all the show preparations and stuff, so I'm never alone, (laughs) luckily. (laughs) (laughs) Do you braid yourself, or do you pay a braider? We pay a braider. I'm not skilled in that area <laughs> <laughs> that, i'm telling you what that is the best investment i make at horse shows is to pay a braider like just to get it done and I, i'd like to show up in the morning of dressage and i walk to the stall and my horse is braided and it just that just fills me with such satisfaction well and they do it about 10 yeah. times faster than you guys are going to do it uh-huh. so that's the other yeah. thing you'll be there all night it would probably yeah, it would probably take me three hours just to get the main done. <laughs> but our braider, she's like done everything in two hours. I don't know how she does it, but she's great. Okay, so now I have some important questions for you. Are you really good at keeping your tack clean, or does it get really, really dirty and everybody has to bug you about it? I'm pretty good at keeping my tack clean. Yeah, you me. I mean, you have to be if you're in Pony Club. Oh, that's true. I forgot you're a Pony Clubber. You're right. You do have to be. So what what level are you at in Pony Club right now? I actually just got my C1 this fall. Good. I was kind of impressed with myself for getting that. I'm impressed with you. That's get my C1. C1 at your age, you're still 11, right? Yeah. 
I actually did my C1 with Flower. It was probably the highest she's ever jumped because it was 2.9, I believe. Holy cow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell, remind everybody, Flower's what, 12.2 hands? Yeah, she's 12.2. <laughs> that's, that's probably max <laughs> height for a, that pony. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, we're going to have you on. Uh, you're part of our uh, Behind the Ribbon series, and you're a spotlight rider. We have three this year. You're one of our three. So we're going to have you on kind of every month to give us updates on where you are with the ponies and how you're doing. And it sounds like when we have you on next month, you already have done a show. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, Kira, when is your birthday? My birthday was on December 17th. And, okay, gotcha. And you turned yeah. 11 or 12? I turned 12. Okay, so you are 12 now. I actually, okay. I actually got those cute little stationery mm-hmm. with flower and the snowman on them from you guys. Yes. Like right before. I yeah. love those. They were so cute. <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked Although that. In reality, in reality, flower would have eaten all those candy canes by the time the picture was taken. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to be talking to you again next month. Good luck on your trip uh, down to South Carolina. And we'll talk to you after that to find out how you guys did. Okay. Thank you. And keep doing those videos, okay? We love the videos. I will. Thank you, Kira. (laughs) Oh, my God. You can't hear her and not smile. I know. She makes me so happy. (laughs) I did talk to her mom, and I I asked her, I said, is she that way all the time? Because she's just a delight. And she said, yeah, pretty much 90% of the time she's that way. She just came that way. So, awesome. <laughs> so for all of you who have the grumpy kids, I, I'm sorry we have Kira on the show. But maybe that'll help. listen to Kira. <laughs> yeah, just replay that over and over and over again. But I am so looking forward to following both her ponies this year. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm actually kind of excited. We've had a good response from... From listeners, and I've heard res- about the Behind the Ribbon series and the three we're following. Beyond the Ribbons. Is that one. what I said? Beyond the Ribbons. It's not behind the scenes, like it's MTV. Okay, Beyond <laughs> the Ribbons. Again, drugs, <laughs> heavy drugs today. Okay. So I am I'm really excited about it, though. I think it's going to be fun for us to do this year. Oh, she's so fun, too. Yeah. So now that we've introduced them all, we're just going to start plugging along, following their journeys. It's going to be great. Um, now, with Kira, you need to have some pretty awesome pony tack. And I swear talking to her makes me want to buy pony tack. And I can't buy any new tack until I find out how big <laughs> this horse that I bought is. Because she could be 17 hands. She could be 14 hands. I have no idea. Uh, but you can go to StatelineTack.com to see what they have. And, you know, I got distracted because I went to Stateline Tack. And Kelly Hurd is having a huge sale. And if you look at the banner of Kelly Hurd, it's all the Valentine's Day stuff, you know, which obviously your husband. Oh, that's coming up, isn't it? Yeah. yeah Thanks yeah, for yeah. the reminder. <laughs> I You're totally, welcome. I totally. That's only in a couple of weeks. I got an email and, and it said something about Valentine's Day and had some golf thing. And I asked Chad and he was like, oh, my God, when is Valentine's <laughs> Day? And I was like, listen, I don't want flowers. I don't. I just I'm like. Here's the thing. I bought you something and it was $20 and it's incredibly practical. And that is what I want. I want a very practical $20 gift. Don't spend any more. But then I saw this Kelly Hurd stuff and I'm just send them over to Stateline Tech. However, did you notice a picture of Kelly Hurd? I'm all over the place right now. Uh, is a horse is wearing a dually halter. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's pretty cool. Huh. I like it. That's huh. a coincidence. Do you know the girl that's in the picture? I don't. I don't either. <laughs> I, I don't really hang out with models. So. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Probably yeah, it's Kelly Hurd. It's going to be a model. Yeah. So. <laughs> but they do have great jewelry, and they're a sponsor of ours and been with us for years, and we, it, we, we've so talked good. to him. He's so much fun. So head on over there today to get your Valentine. I better, I better write that down so I don't forget that that's coming up. Actually, I can't talk about it yet, but Jamie knows. Um, I bought my wife a very expensive thing for what uh, oh that thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, does it get more expensive than that jamie no no they, nothing does <laughs> no no so we can't talk about that but i don't uh, think that counts though as a valentine's day present oh yes it does it's red 
Oh, <laughs> then there you go, obviously. <laughs> Let's just say you can't buy one of those at StatelineTAC.com. <laughs> You'll hear more about that coming up. But Later yeah, on. Uh, <laughs> All right. So we have, we have our Daily Dose equine segment coming up with our return of Dr. Siemens. It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report. When our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. I would like to welcome our friend, Dr. Madison Siemens, to the show from Cornerstone Equine. Now, Dr. Siemens, the last time we talked to you, you were living in the frozen tundra of the north. Where are you now? Now I'm in the frozen tundra of the south. Beautiful <laughs> downtown, beautiful downtown Ruidoso, New Mexico. And so uh, it's, 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 it's like a mountain. It's, it's always absolutely perfect, except for today. But most of the time, it's just amazingly beautiful. It's much milder than Idaho, and, and uh, lots of horses here, lots of nice people here, lots of great places to ride. Oh, we're just loving life. I had seen, I thought you had retired and packed up and moved oh, south. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm going to have my retirement and my refuneral on the same day just to save money, okay? <laughs> sounds sounds well not- right. I'm just now starting to figure a few things out after only 37 short years in practice. Why would I quit now? (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Well, you've always been an educator. And one thing that I love about you is you've always had a thirst for knowledge uh, to get to learn even more about horses. And uh, tell, tell, uh, right off the air, you were talking a little bit about about AAP. Tell us a little bit about what you were just talking about. The, the, the American Association of Equine Practitioners, it's AAAEP, is, a, is an educational group that was formed in 1954 that by 10 veterinarians in the Kentucky and Southern Ohio areas that uh, decided that, that trade secrets was just not acceptable, that, uh, that education should be spread you know, universally amongst all veterinarians in, in order to benefit the horse. And so from that small group with a, basically just a coffee shop meeting has grown this amazing international body of very, very smart people. Uh, the first meeting I attended was in 1984 in Dallas, big fancy hotel, hotel ballroom, 600 veterinarians for two days, nothing but new stuff about equine medicine and surgery and dentistry. I walked out of there just with my head swimming, just wondering how much more could they possibly know? Well... <laughs> in December, there was over 5,000 of us in a big hotel in Nashville, uh, five and a half days in so many different venues and ballrooms that you could not see it all. All new stuff. It's just incredible. It's like trying to drink out of a fire hose. But that's that's the fun part of this profession is that there's just so much new stuff coming out and so many so many things that, that you never dreamed of and, and how things change and stuff that would be considered the standard to practice 10 or 20 years ago would be considered malpractice now because we've just changed so much. We've learned so much. Right. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, as a person who owns horses, that week where the 5,000 veterinarians are all across the country is a very stressful time for me. Everybody was in Nashville. (laughs) (laughs) Take some beer and wait till Wednesday because that's about as good as we're going to (laughs) do. I mean, I was like, I need a health certificate in Coggins. I've got a horse who's got to go to Rhode Island. And they were like, we'll get to you next week. We're at AAEP. Like, uh, I was like, huh? (laughs) So yes, it is very stressful when all you boys get together and girls get together and go off to Nashville to party. Um, now, something that is kind of interesting here, and we could do a 10-part series with you on all the things that you learn, because I know your head still comes back swimming and has all these ideas, and you want to tell us about all of them. But first, let's talk a little bit about stem cells. Well, it's it's really interesting. Uh, we've When I was in school, when the Earth's surface was still cooling, the <laughs> stem cell was, was, uh, was a concept. I mean... Bottom line is we knew that there's a progenitor or, or a basic cell from which all cells in the body spring. So it's something it's like a like a starter cell, and then things just get branched off from there. And then uh, 
fat, but we nobody ever knew what one looked like. And so, but it was it was just a concept because if you look at bone marrow, which is the the sort of source or the site of lots of of uh, stem cell activity, all those bone marrow cells, especially the immature cells, look very very similar. So you can't just look at some under the microscope and say, oh, there, a third from the left, that's a stem cell. Well, fast forward about a hundred years, and so somebody finally figured out how to actually separate stem cells from the other progenitor cells or other types of cells in the various tissues. And so early on, when we first started doing these uh, therapeutic applications, we just started with some with some crude bone marrow extracts. We just stick a needle in the horse's sternum. That's those bones right there on the underside of his chest, kind of where you cinch up your saddle. And uh, and we were injecting these products directly into a, a diseased area, mostly tendon injuries. Some some we went into joints, but most of the time it was a as a suspensory apparatus or a tendon problem. And there was some reasonable responses to these. And so now fast forward, everybody's going, oh, man, stem cell, everything, that's the end all. That fixes all of our problems. Well, not so fast. (laughs) It appears that every type of tissue in the body has its own type of stem cells. And as they're dividing, some of these are dividing to make other cells similar to to the origin, the tissue origin. In other words, so you got a little skin that's wearing out, you got a stem cell growing there, it branches off and makes some more skin cells. But some of that those divided progenitor cells go to make more stem cells to keep the population there. So what we found is is that part of the reason that just sticking bone marrow in a in a blown tendon doesn't work all the time is because you may not have the exact type of stem cells that you need. So somebody came up with this brilliant idea. Why don't we just culture a bunch of stem cells? And that way, if somebody needs some, they can just call us up from our little stem cell bank and we'll squirt some in a syringe and ship it to you overnight. And voila, life is good. Well, not so fast. (laughs) We, We know that people that receive organ transplants, you have to have tissue matching. There has to be, they're called major histocompatibility antigens meaning that things have to be lined up genetically right, otherwise you're going to get organ rejection. So like bone marrow transplants for people that are undergoing uh, therapy for leukemia, the closest relatives that you have are probably going to be the closest that match. Otherwise, you're, you're taking a chance of having that tissue organ rejection. Come to find out, when we start to use these banked stem cells from any kind of source other than the horse we're treating, they all die because of this tissue organ rejection. So it was fascinating to me that 10 years ago, they came up with this idea that, oh, yeah, we can culture these cells, and now you'll just have them ready. You just have to make a phone call, and, and, and we're done. Come to find out that these stem cells react the same way in the body as other organs would react if we don't have those major histocompatibility antigens matching from the from the donor. So that's why... The stem cells from the horse, the own the horse that we're trying to treat, is probably going to be a better option, but it's not going to work the same way all the time because of the origin of the cells. That is super scary, um, but I'm I'm glad that they figured that out when they did. Now I have a question because, like, when you have a child, there are a million billion ways to spend money. <laughs> on all the things that you can get with your child. And one of the things yep. that I was pressured to do, which I actually didn't do, was you're, uh, we're at a birthing class. And they're like, are you, um, here's the form to sign up to freeze your umbilical cord. And I was like, excuse me? They were like, yeah, we freeze the umbilical cords because at some point in this child's life, if they need stem cells, then we can take it from the umbilical cord. Is that Am I putting that together wrong? No, and that that is also very fascinating. So when you start talking about and and, and to answer your question, not a bad idea. Uh, the we divide. Oh, Jamie screwed up as a mom again. I here we go. Thanks. No, I said, you know, you know what? A, a lot of us. I'm I'm 70 years old this year, and I don't have a bank of my stem cells. i've I've been known to stick my arm out of the window of a moving car i have torn some um, uh, tags off mattresses i mean i live dangerous you know oh my god you're a monster but i i i I hear that a lot uh all that the interest 
we can divide stem cells broadly into embryonic versus adult, okay? And the good news, bad news about the embryonic stem cells is that they have more of an ability to turn into the type of tissue that you inject it next to. So in the mesenchymal stem cells that we can get from cord are pretty safe. I say pretty safe. One of the problems that we have had using embryonic-derived stem cells is they have been shown to turn into some pretty nasty cancers. So if you, if you, if you were to, to look back at the shape and the size, the morphology of, of lots of different types of stem cells, and say you were to inject some embryonic stem cells next to a tendon, and then you were to send a biopsy of that off to a pathologist and didn't tell him that these were stem cells, the, 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 the histopath would come back a nasty cancer. Because these stem cells, a lot of them, they're called pluripotential, they look a lot like really, really nasty, malignant, immature cancer cells. So, okay, it, it, so it, we're, we're, play, we're playing God here. We're playing God here a little bit, and uh, this this can get this can get a little dangerous if we just start throwing stuff against the wall. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, so should I have a mare that is due May thirty first? So, should I save her umbilical cord and freeze it for my? Future full. I won't do it for a human, but like for a horse. I mean, come on. Like, no well, you got, you got to have your priorities out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Is that no, something the, people do no, now? The, is they freeze umbilical cords for horses? I, I have not known that to happen. Number one. Number two, it ain't cheap. Okay. Yeah. Because you can't just throw it in your, you can't, can't put it in a mayonnaise jar and throw it in your freezer at home. Okay. Yeah, this this has to be stored in, yeah, you tried that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, if you, if you cook it the same way you cook fajitas, it's terrible. Okay. But, uh, the, the prop, the problem with that is, uh, is that you've got to store it in liquid nitrogen. So you have to buy a liquid nitrogen tank and you have to have that recharged periodically. And, and so it'll cost you several, several hundred dollars a year, even if you own the tank, just to keep that charged for some potential problem later down the road. And so, now you know why uh, I didn't save my baby, <laughs> save my umbilical well, cord. Well, my exactly. Child. I mean, and like you're saying, there's so many ways to spend money, and 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 the chances of of that child actually needing something like this, pretty slim. Number one, number two, twenty years down the road, who knows? I mean, the technology is going to change. It already has changed dramatically. Yeah. So I guess the take home message on this was is that. Yes, these, these so-called biologics that we use that are, that are derived from the horse's own blood or tissue will work okay in some instances, but it's not, it's not the silver bullet. It's not going to fix everything. But you've got you to gotta remember that buying these banked stem cells from other sources other than the horse that we're trying to treat is probably a waste of money. Okay. Okay. Well, you There's know our what's lesson not of the day. <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> You mean some things that we spend money on are a waste of money? That's weird. I would never have thought that. Um, um, you know what's not a waste of money, though? Is buying your new, old, new book. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Siemens wrote a book called Never Trust a Sneaky Pony and Other Things They Did Not Teach Me in Vet School. And you, I, I, that's the copy that I have. But you have edited it and and redone parts of it and and tell everybody what you've done to like the 2.0 version of your your book yeah the, the 2.0 we, we self-published the first round just to see if it would fly and and, and people liked it and so i finally got a, a bigger publisher uh trafalgar publications that are going to publish it internationally and, and and uh i'm so excited about that so we've we've added some stories we've changed some things i've illustrated it uh, I'm also uh, recording the audio book as well. So it'll be at not only in a, an electronic format, but paper. Old people like me like paper, you know, uh, people that spend a lot of time in their cars and trucks will probably appreciate the audio version. So it's just it's just a fun way to talk about uh, about being a veterinarian and all the crazy things that happen. So it's kind of like I described it as is if Jeff Foxworthy met James Harriet, uh, that's what this book would kind of be like. You know, James Harriet wrote that all all creatures great and small, you know, all of his patients lived and all of his clients loved him. I went to that other veterinary college and not all of my patients live and some of my clients don't like me very much. So it's maybe just a bit more realistic. I can't but, uh, imagine how awesome it would be to hear you. Have you already done the reading? 
We're working on it. The uh, the publisher is, is still finishing up the last of the editing. Apparently, uh, some of my gramma- grammatical faux pas are not accepted for the general population. So I'm out from yeah. Texas. What am I? What do I know? <laughs> you know, I've got, <laughs> it's harder to read a book than it than it's you would think, right? I mean, it's harder than you probably thought it was going to be. It, it's it's not easy, but I, what I do is is I is I practice in the morning. So I, I do I do a little little scripture reading by myself every morning, and so I just start reading out loud. And it uh, after a while, it gets to where it kind of flows. Plus, I know the stories. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> true. And that's why it would be so good to hear you read them. It'd be so cool. So where can people get that book? I think they can pre-order it now. We can pre-order it in, at Amazon or anywhere you get marginally marginal quality reading material, and uh, <laughs> it, 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 it should it should be out. Uh, I think I think the release date is is June, June this this coming June. I'm, I'm looking at uh, Amazon now. It's June the, or July the twelfth will be the release date, and you can order it. I'll put a link in our show notes so people can go directly there and order it uh, today. Thanks, Doctor Siemens. Appreciate you stopping by again. Yeah. You're just too good to me. We got we got other things to cover, so I, I got I got a whole boatload of stuff that I learned this year. So let me know. Okay. Yes, sir. I'll have you back. back on. All right. Thanks, Doctor Siemens. Hey. Thanks, Mike. Bye, bye. So I'm so happy to be hanging out here with Janet Geyer, who is the mad scientist behind Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds, and I just saw coming across my newswire recently that all of the daily dose equine horse feeds are now non-GMO verified through the non-GMO project. Tell me what that means. Well, for simplicity, it means that the place where the feed is made has been certified to be non-GMO and that all the ingredients are traceable back to the original place where they came from. And they are all certified non-GMO because of that. It also means that there are no uh, chemicals that are added into the feed uh, through the growing process or the manufacturing process. And it particularly means that there is no Roundup. That, that's um, big because that's a re- it's a really common product that is used in the agricultural industry and it is used on okay. animal feed. So that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Right. So... Right. They do allow a certain amount of uh, Roundup to be in animal feed, but our feeds have zero. How many different horse feed formulas does Daily Dose Equine currently have? We have four feeds and four forage balancers, uh, six of which are carried by Chewy. There we go. So if you need to learn more about Daily Dose Equine horse feeds or you want to find a local dealer near you, you can go to www.dailydoseequine.com or if you want to just shop around for for horse feed from Daily Dose Equine, place an order and get fast and convenient delivery nationwide, you can do that at Chewy.com. Well, we haven't done a study show in a while. We're going to try and do it once a month this year. And because I stopped doing them because all the studies were COVID. There was nothing. There was nothing that anybody studied but COVID for the last two years. And I had to, I had to go to like page 10 of Google to get to some of these studies. And I'm going to have you guess some. Now, the, what we do here for new listeners is years ago, we determined that 99% of the studies that are done are ridiculous. We already know the answers and it's a waste of money. They spend millions of dollars when when they could have given it to Jamie and I, and we could have given them the answer and not even done the work. And we would have been rich and gotten the same result. So that's where Studies Show came from. And I'm and Jamie kind of guessed the end of the studies. I'll give you the beginning. You guess the end. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. <clears throat> Let me right. cleanse my brain here. Okay. Wildfire smoke is a... Wildfire smoke is a... Is, okay, wildfire smoke is a libido increaser. <laughs> nope, exact opposite. Wildfire smoke is a health risk. Yes, they did a study to show that wildfire what? smoke is bad for your health. I can't believe that. It's not true. I, you know, anybody that's been caught in smoke that is coughing up a lungful would probably be able to tell you that. Uh, so, again, they could have given us the money there we wouldn't have to do the show. Studies show that consumers need 
I can't, I can't even know how to word this. It's so ridiculous. I don't know how to word it for you to guess it. So I'm just going <laughs> to read it. Studies show that consumers need more flour safety education. They're talking baking flour. What? Apparently, there's problems with baking flour now, and we're all doing it wrong. If you breathe it in, it's a limbido. <laughs> when I read that, it was like, we've had a million coffee ones. We've had a million chocolate ones, but we've never had anybody say that flour was bad or good or anything. It just, so is it you, bad or is it good? I don't know. I you didn't read the study. need education. <laughs> <laughs> Studies show that what percent of us won't achieve our New Year's goals? Oh, it's like... 90%. I exactly. Think. Ding, ding, ding. Exactly 90%. Which is why Jamie and I refuse to make them because... I don't need to prove to myself <laughs> that I'm a failure. Right. Okay? Yeah, we, we get that all the time. So yeah, 90%. Three new studies show weight loss isn't all about... Oh, God. Let's see. It's not all about calorie consumption. It's not all about working out. It's not. You, all, wait, ding, ding, is, ding. You can stop there. It's not all about diet and exercise. Now, <laughs> this one, I actually wanted to see what the other things were. I figure it's mental, right? It's probably a Was mental it thing. sponsored by one of these weight loss things where you can get a subscription? Probably. <laughs> but I couldn't get in because every freaking news site now is password protected and you need to pay for. So I, I don't know the answer. That's why you don't know the answer. And, and that's one of those things. Like I get these Facebook ads. I think it's called Noon or whatever. And it's oh, like, Noon, Noon it's has been advertising about, everywhere. Yeah. They're like, it's not about what you eat. It's what you think, you know, and you're supposed to click on it to do like test your body score. And it is just uh, everywhere. So uh, YouTube, that's the only ad that was running on YouTube videos for about a month. Wow. Latest studies show millennials love what kind of foods? Pizza. <laughs> I think that's everybody. Though. I think that we all we all <laughs> I mean, love, love pizza. pizza. <laughs> we all love pizza. Avocados. No, you're going to be surprised. Sixty percent of millennials love frozen foods more than fresh foods. Do you think that's a time that's thing? They don't cook. Yeah, they don't cook, and it's a time thing, right? I don't know who they are, but millennials in general, like I don't know. Who's a, I don't even know who a millennial is anymore. I don't either. I don't know all, all the designations and what age groups they fall into. I know I'm just an old guy now, so I, I'm pretty clear on that. You're a boomer. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I think – I don't even know if I'm a boomer. I, might, I don't know. See, I don't know. You're a boomer. I'm Gen X. Okay, okay, boomer. All right. All right. But frozen foods apparently are huge. Now, part of that could have been because of the pandemic, too. Everybody was stocking up. So you couldn't get fresh foods. I mean, we're almost back to that in my grocery store right now. Oh, yeah. Go to Costco. There's nothing out there. <laughs> they got everything. St you're going to love this one. Studies. This is a waste of freaking money. Studies show that meditation helps to. Meditation helps to increase your libido. <laughs> you're looking for something, something here. Is, is Chad having problems? Are we, do we do we need to talk? <laughs> uh, studies show that meditation helps you. And I'm not making this up. It's the headline. Helps to relax you and your brain. Isn't that what it's for? <laughs> I would say if meditation's not helping you relax your brain, you're probably doing it wrong. It's probably not working for you. <laughs> There's probably a million dollars in these studies that I'm just covering today. Studies show that kids are healthier and better off when they are... Um... It's not about COVID, so it's not going to be vaccinated nope, nope, or nope, wearing nope, masks nope, nope, nope. or nope, doing no school COVID. from home. Nope, nope. Uh, kids are happy. Say it again. How, I get this one. You're, you get you just don't overcomplicate it. Studies show that kids are healthier <laughs> and better off when they are with their parents and Eat. nope, well, active outdoors. <laughs> oh my god! Thanks for that science. Wow. <laughs> Studies show that blank state. Now, this is this is one I did dig into, and I, this, we're going to end on this one because it's it's interesting, and and it applies to a state that has one of our highest concentrations of listeners for this show. Studies show that blank state is among the top states people are moving out of. And think about what our most heavy concentration is. Um, Pennsylvania. No, close though. See, it's up in the north. One more Michigan. Time. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. 
Michigan has ranked the highest on the move out list in 2018, 2019, and 2021. So my <laughs> co-host for Retired Racehorse Radio, Joy, lives in Detroit. And I'm like, get out. <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, the seasonal affective disorder that people have, like, the, the, oh, get out. What are you doing? I, I And, you know, they must be listening to us because how long, how many years have you you've been saying get out? For 10 years now, you've been telling people to get out of Michigan. And look, apparently they are. Somebody's listening. All right, so the top... I'm just kidding. No offense, Michigan. If you love it there, then you just own it. We almost got killed in Michigan, so I'm kind of feeling uh, mixed on that, too, uh, during that storm during the trip. So I'm kind of feeling mixed on Michigan right now. The top 10 outbound states. These are the states, and this is done by one of the major moving companies. These are the states that they have the most people moving out of, Okay. New Jersey, Illinois, New York, Connecticut, California. Everybody knows, knows right now California people are just leaving. Michigan, Massachusetts, Louisiana, Ohio, and Nebraska. So most of them are northern states. That makes sense. Now I lived in Ohio, and yeah, I couldn't get out fast enough. Yeah. I don't know about Louisiana. Is it just bad? Did food get worse? What, what happened in Louisiana? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's all the jazz. <laughs> yeah. Now, the top inbound states. These are where all of those people are moving to. and They're coming to Oklahoma because land is so cheap here. <laughs> it's not on the list, but you're right. You told me you're getting an influx of California people, I think. I don't know, apparently. Yeah. So a couple of these make no freaking sense to me why people are moving there. Um, because they're in the north. Florida is top of the list, of course. We expected that, right? Um, Vermont. I, I got nothing. People this, love Ben and Jerry's, man. South Carolina, kind of understand it. It's warm. It has Aiken, you know. West Virginia, it's open. Che- land's cheap, probably, in West Virginia. Alabama, south. Tennessee, south. Oregon. A lot of people are moving to Oregon. I don't know why. Idaho. That's, that's one of them. Uh, it's a mystery, too. Uh, and Rhode Island. Again, don't know why. But the one that blew me away, these are the top inbound states where the people are moving to. And the only thing I can think of is jobs. South Dakota. Yeah, land is probably really cheap there, too. And oil. You know, South Dakota. Jobs. Yep. Oil. Cheap land. You're probably right. Yeah. So, a couple surprises there. But, I, you know, you might you probably heard your state on that list. You're either moving in or out of it. I other. love the fact that we relate everything to horses. Like, oh, obviously Florida, because, you know, it's like where all the horses are in the winter. And then obviously Aiken is the reason people right. Right. turn everything right. around to horses. Right. <laughs> I was surprised Arizona wasn't on the list of inbound states. Yeah, it's, oh, well, whatever. Maybe it's just too hot. I, I got out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you moved to where people are moving to. Uh, American Harvest's newest product for horses, equine hemp pellets, are vet-formulated and produced from natural hemp. The palatable pelleted formula is manufactured with potent raw CBD using no chemical processing, so your horse will love the taste as much as you'll love the benefits. These hemp-derived CBD pellets can help your horse recover faster after a show, get relief from inflammation, reduces nerves, and even ease digestion. And they love them. They eat them right out of your hand. I got to tell you a funny story. Yeah. So, you know, Zeus is on the hemp pellets. And while I was gone, I had farm boy and Abby watching the farm. And so, so farm boy's making up the feed and he, he turns out, he goes, Hey, which one of these horses gets the weed? <laughs> Abby's like, it's hemp and it's Zeus. <laughs> Which one of these horses eats the weed? <laughs> Abby and, and Farm Boy must be so different. <laughs> oh, my God. We need to talk about that in the post show. If you prefer a liquid application, they also have the drops, the THC-free CBD oil or premium hemp extract, which you can get in drop form as well. You can find them at the local Hubbard dealer if you have one or store.alltech.com. You can get it right from Alltech store. .alltech.com. All right, before we wrap the show today, I need to just give a quick health update because people have been writing and a lot of them and uh, just uh, had my surgery. So that went pretty well. Um, And, uh, you know, couldn't get up and down too well. Had a hernia surgery. They put four holes in you and put mesh in there to seal things up. And um, mine happened to be in my stomach area. So that that's fun. Uh, So getting up and down. Coughing wasn't much fun for a couple of days, but that went away pretty quickly. And then I developed this god-awful rash. So, uh, and I mean large section of very itchy stuff. And first thing I thought of, not to get all serious and morbid, but 
uh, Uncle Jimmy had this same surgery and died two weeks later of a staph infection. So when the rash started spreading and getting worse and worse and worse and worse, uh, that's what I the only thing that would go through my brain, right? Because that's what your brain does, goes to the worst possible place. So I finally got this to do a teledoc appointment because getting into the doctor was near impossible. Um, and the teledoc, by the way, that was pretty cool. Five minutes, and I had a doctor on the line on the video. It was pretty cool. So he looks at it and goes, oh, that doesn't look good. That looks like it hurts. That's his first comment. He said, <laughs> but you'd like lean into the camera and be like, yeah, I just show him my belly. And he, he said, oh, that looks like it hurts. I said, yeah, that's why I'm calling, Doc. Um, and then he proceeded to ask all about my microphone and equipment. Apparently, he's also a podcaster. So there's, <laughs> so there's that. I'm paying for this right now. <laughs> so he said, you know, it could be staff. You've got to be careful with this because, you know, staff kills people. So he said, Thanks yeah, that. this was on a Saturday. He gave me antibiotics right away, which he ordered, and I went in and got, and I started taking the antibiotics right away, like massive doses. Um, and then uh, he said, if it's not better in two days, you go to the hospital, and you get the blood work done for a staph infection. And it, by Monday morning, it, it was worse. It just kept getting worse. And um, so I drove in 530 in the morning to the hospital. And they looked at it and they said, well, we don't think it's staff, but we'll do the blood work. So they did the blood work. Fortunately, it was the only one in there. So I wasn't in with a whole bunch of COVID people. So they did the blood work. It was not staff. Thank God. That just took that worry away because I just had Uncle Jimmy going through my brain. Um, and they think it was some kind of reaction to either the anesthesia or something. I don't know what it was. So now I'm on large quantities of steroids and I have to take four Benadryl a night. I am sleeping so good right now. God, that sounds amazing. I didn't sleep last week, but this week I'm sleeping. So it's not gotten any better yet. I'm hoping that it starts to improve, but uh, it just was driving me insane. So, yeah, I cannot seem to have an operation without something going wrong after. I don't, I just, I'm done with operations. I don't want any more. Three and a 13 months was enough. I'm done. How was your ski trip? Better than my time? You know, uh, we actually had a great time. It was a great trip and it was such a nice relief to be gone and to be able to leave the farm and know it was in good hands between the two uh, awesome kids that are working here. Uh, so that was nice. And uh, I get there and my sister-in-law and I, but both of us have skied growing up a little bit here and there, you know, so both of us are solid blue skiers and it's just like Lucas, like took to it immediately. My niece and nephew, like they were like pointed down the mountain. It was great. And my sister-in-law were like, all we want to do is walk out of here. <laughs> it's all we want to do. Just be able to walk out of here. And so our whole thing was like, she's a doctor. She's like, people tear their ACLs. You know, give me all these things to think about, about horrible ways that you can hurt yourself and we cannot walk out of here and limp That's out. That's the here last thing I texted crutches. you before your trip. I can't remember, but I think it was don't die. Don't break anything. <laughs> yes, don't break anything. Yeah. So so I, I here's the thing. When you're on a mountain, there's no bathrooms around. Okay? Oh, I'd be and out. It sucks. <laughs> well, you're a boy. Like you just wheel zip off into the woods. A girl can't do that. I've got 19 layers of clothes on. I've got 400 things that zipped up the front. I've got to remove everything. So going to the bathroom is a big deal. And then you're in those stupid ass ski boots, which, oh my God, it makes me not. Yeah, want they to look ski fun to walk in. So I have to pee so bad. And um, we've gotten on the mountain. Our room is right there. We like have a ski and kind of lodge thing. So I take my skis off and we have to like walk to our little place. And uh, I, I'm like, oh my God, I gotta pee. I gotta pee. I gotta pee. And I'm in the stupid ass ski boots, right? And all these clothes. And I have to pee so bad. And I've had to pee for like four hours. So I'm like, I'm going to the bathroom. And I like clunk, 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 all the way to the room. And I make it into the bathroom and I freaking slipped in the bathroom oh, no. and i was like oh, no. jesus if, like if i have to tell people that i tore my acl in the bathroom because of my ski boots don't make me laugh it hurts doing it, on the stupid slopes i so i came out the bathroom my sister's like you okay and i was like i almost wasn't able to walk out of here it's like how embarrassing would it have been to have to tell everybody Oh, you went skiing, you tore your ACL. No, I went to the bathroom in my ski boots and slipped on the tile floor. Well, I was fortunately able to catch myself on the toilet with my hand plunged okay. into my the water. My stomach hurt, stop. And I was able to stop myself 
Where yeah. then I took my 19 layers of clothes off and I already peed a little. Yeah. <laughs> so. I can't. All right, my hernia still hurts, by the way. I'm just, <laughs> this is the most I've laughed this whole time. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Because I, I could just picture the whole scene. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. This is trying to, where's the damn zipper? I got the hat on. I got the bags on the scarf. I gotta pee. This is why you and I can never do a road trip together because between the two of us, we'd have to make 85 stops. We'd never make it. It's not fair. And here's the thing, you know, to keep warm, you nip from a little, like, little, you know, mm. thing. Mm. And uh, that makes me have to pee more. <laughs> And they're like, make sure you stay hydrated. I'm like, I can't stay hydrated. I must dehydrate because there's nowhere to freaking pee. And if you, there is a place to pee, it's down 427 steps. And I'm in these god-awful ski boots, and I just can't take it. Anyway, the rest of the skiing was fun, and it was fun watching my kid and my husband all day. It was great. Whatever. Okay. And you didn't break and anything, right? I, I walked out of there. That Yay, was the goal. Gosh. I did not tear my ACL on the tile floor in the bathroom. <laughs> And I assume there was large quantities of wine consumed. What? Mean. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, everybody. We really appreciate it. Otters, you can hold on. Of course, you can find all our show notes and links to the book and Kira and everybody that we talked about today in our show notes. Just go to the show notes right there on your podcast player. Or go to horsesinthemorning.com. I do plan on putting a section up about our riders uh, on the website so you can go follow along and we'll put all of their interviews in there and stuff. So it'll be easier to follow along on our riders. Uh, what is it called again? The uh, Beyond the Beyond. The ribbons. There, beyond the ribbons, riders. Thank you. Uh, that's it for today. I've uh, gotten through all I can do in my drug-induced state. All right, everybody. Have a good one. Spay, neuter, geld. Tune in Monday. I'll, I'll be on the show Friday. Yeah, so. we're here Friday. Get your really bad ads in. Yeah. We have Send new prizes. Horse Radio Network.